praise God, it is an honor and privilege to stand here before you and to share a couple of thoughts about new birth, about um, our attitude towards sin, right? And our position in Christ. So this is the topic for today. And today there was a, a beautiful il illustration in my backyard. Uh, I have a, a two and a half year old son. His name is uh, Paul, Pasha, Pasha Alexeyevich. Uh, and he was, it's sunny today, like you, weather is beautiful. And he has this little uh, little toy. I fill it up with the hose with water, and he there's a bunch of things that spin, and he like puts things in there, and he just loves water for some reason. Like he doesn't care how cold it is or what time of year it is, he'll play with water. And and I'm working outside. I'm I'm cleaning, taking stuff out of uh, my shed, and just cleaning up and kind of watching him. My wife left. His diapers are all like full already of water, but. It, 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 you know, I'm like, man, I got to change him. And I turn around and then I look at him. He has like this dirty plastic thing. It's kind of like a, holds a little bit of water. And, no, it was like a car. And he's, he's, he sees that in the trunk of the car, there are some water. So he said, and just drinking this, this cool water because it's kind of hot outside. And I'm like, Pasha, you're not a beat. He kind of looks at me, puts it down. I go back to my works. And uh, I come back, and he's just, he's making the sound so loud, I can hear him do it. He's just enjoying this water. I'm seeing there's like, there's grass in there. There's like things floating around. He's just enjoying this water. And I'm like, man, I got to tell him, this is bad. My wife is going to like be upset if she finds out, you know? So I, I take him inside, change him and everything. Anyways, uh, it was just pretty, pretty, pretty interesting uh, moment today. And I, and I realized how, how when a person is, is born into this world and he needs guidance, he needs guidance, right? He needs a father and a mother to, to walk him through life into adulthood, you know, into teenage years and then into, um, into adulthood, into this real world. And today's topic is new birth. What does it mean to be born again, right? Um, so let's, we, we just read chapter 3, and I wanted to start out also with John chapter 3. Let's open it and, and look at it really quick. I think this is, a, this is a, like the center where Jesus talks about uh, new birth, being born again. And Nicodemus comes to him. And he almost like wants to compliment him, right? He says, he says uh, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus totally ignores that compliment. You know, he, he, he goes, he wants to tell this man of God, this teacher of the Jews, what he needs to know. And what he doesn't know, even though later on we see that he's supposed to know these things. And he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You're trying to pay him a compliment, 
and you're telling him, you're, you come from God, and he sees your heart that you know the Bible really well, and you're a leader of the Jews, and he says, let's not talk about this. Let's talk about something way more important. Let's talk about being born again. And Nicodemus, he, he's thinking, he's kind of confused at this point. And he, he, he says, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And this water and spirit, we can, there's a whole, we could talk about that uh, at a different time, but he says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do you not marvel that I said, do you, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? So Jesus is saying, Hey, you're supposed to know these things. He talks about this in the scriptures, in the Old Testament. And what, what, what a thought comes to me, to be born again, you do not have to know the whole Bible. A thought comes to me, uh, it's okay that you don't know scriptures word for word or what is written where. It's okay if you don't know... Um, you know, all the books. What's most important is to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Uh, have this rebirth, right? And if we turn to Ezekiel chapter 36, I think this is what Jesus is referring to in the Old Testament about a new birth. Ezekiel chapter 36, and we will start from verse 25. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and I will keep my judgments and do them. See, here we see that God is saying that He is going to give you a new heart. Um, this man, this old man, and we see this a lot in the Bible about old man, new man the new life, uh, we see new nature, and 
being born again, it's a topic. I was talking to my family yesterday. I was talking to my wife and my kids, and I, uh, and I would say, what does it mean to be born again? And everybody shrugs their shoulders. It's like, I, I don't know. It's kind of difficult to really just blurt out the, the right answer, right? And, and, and really, it's believing in God, because we read in chapter 3 at the end, right? He, he says... He says, uh, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hands. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. So here it's very simple. We believe in the Son, right? We believe in Jesus Christ. But I think it's a little bit more than just... Um, reading the Bible every day or, you know, a little bit at a time. Being born again is something that really only you know whether if you're born again or not. Um, nobody, people will tell, people can say, but people also can put on the act. People can come to church, wear the right things, say the right things, but inside they don't know. Like, you, you're looking at me right now, you only know so much. But I am the only one that knows whether if I'm born again or not. And you are the only one that knows whether if you are born again or not. Do you really love Jesus? Do you read the Bible? I love this thought. Do you read the Bible in the morning just because you know that if you don't, something bad is going to happen throughout the day? Like, I, I've had this in my life, too. And you, you see God's presence when you are with Him, and you're like, you comes to a point where you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta read the Bible because something, my schedule is gonna fall apart, job is not gonna go right, my wife is gonna, like, there's all these thoughts. Do you read the Bible or go to church just because somebody said so? Or just because you think that if I don't, then something bad is gonna happen to me? You know what that is? That's superstition. It's like you hear this, people put the Bible underneath their pillow so they can have good dreams. What? Are you serious? Like, I don't do that? No, no, read your Bible. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Have, have a relationship with Him. You're a new man. And then you will have, you can have nightmares. I, till this day, have nightmares. It's interesting, not too long ago, I had this scary dream, and I want my wife to come over because our son sleeps be between us. He's beaten us. We've sold the crib. We're, he, he won. For two and a half years, I'm like, baby, this crib has been standing here collecting dust. He won. So he sleeps between us until he decides not to anymore. Anyways, so I have these nightmares. And I've had, I had this dream before when I was much younger, when I was like 17 or 18. And I don't know if you've had this before in your life where you have repeated dreams and they're really scary. And I had this one. This is a tangent. I'm sorry. I'm going to get back on top. But this is an interesting story. Uh, I had this dream. I'm walking on the street and then these, these, these guys coming over to me. And I can sense that they are from the enemy. They are from the devil. And they want to fight me. 
And this is, I'm, I'm 36 years old already. Like, I'm a big guy. Like, I shouldn't, you would think, like, this guy doesn't have scary dreams. He doesn't get scared when he sleeps. Like, and I'm scared, you know. And in my dream, I'm thinking to myself, I've seen this already. I've, I've seen this dream. I know these people, you know. And I remember, I remember when I watched it the first time, I lost. I remember that I was so scared, I had shivers going down my spine. And, but then I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. In this dream, I'm having these thoughts to myself. Wait a minute, who, who, who are you? Who, who has your back? You're, you're, a, new, you're a new being. You're, you're a new, you have Jesus Christ. And I say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, devil. And just the dream ends. I turn, I turn around and uh, I slept through the night, you know. And the outcome was different of that dream, you know. And my, my personal story or where uh, I look back and you guys can think about this too uh, for yourselves. Think about when were you born again? What was that moment that uh, you were truly like you, you, were, you were in sin and you understood that you were a sinner. And then you came to Christ and you became a new person. And you started living for him. You were born again. Mine was when I was 13, and the only thing that I knew I needed, uh, I remember my brothers, they had the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues, and I really wanted this. And I remember it was, I was in my room for three or four nights, just I had this great desire to have this gift. I wanted the presence of the Lord, and that was my new birth. I remember this. Even though after that, I was 13. Imagine, I'm 13. I go, to, I go through middle school, through high school. I go a little bit of college. And, uh, but as I went through high school, I knew that I'm a new person. I knew that I belong to somebody else. I don't know, am I the only one hot in here? But it, it, I hope you guys don't see the sweat coming down my uh, face. Uh, I knew, I knew that I was a new person. So I had friends of this world, even though they, they, they were Russian friends and Ukrainian friends, and they also went to church. But through high, in high school, we would, we would do some skipping classes. I would max out on my skipping. We had like 10, 10 days per semester, and I used every 10 of them. And I don't recommend this to anybody, but I'm just telling you, my experience is, and as I look back into my life, where my, uh, where, my, where my birth was, where was that turning point? Because many times after that, I've went out onto stage and I've repented for my sins and I wanted Jesus in my life. And uh, it happened so many times. But that initial moment was when Jesus gave me the Holy Spirit. And I had Him within me. And something inside me told me that I belong to a different kingdom. Thank you for water. That's just going to make me sweat even more. But it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so th that's my personal. I don't know what yours is. Because you listen to different stories and where their new birth is. And where their turning point was. Um, it could be different. Uh, you know, now that I look, look at it, 
But I really, I really hope that you would desire to have the Holy Spirit not only be in you, but to manifest through you, right? To speak through you, to, to be, so that you would feel His presence. And He gives you the power and the thoughts and to make the right decisions. I, I, I really believe that, that the Holy Spirit lives within us because look, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, right? And, and then when He was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down on Him and He started doing miracles. It started manifesting through Him. It started, He, he started, He was different than those years when He was just living with His parents. And if we look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, Starting from verse 2, it says, Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So we have, I'm literally sweating like crazy but it's okay it's fine it's fine everybody sweats no big deal uh, can I get like a napkin or something please because I don't want to be all like I'm working so here we see that Jesus he's saying if you want to see the kingdom of God you have to become like little children thank you Dennis I appreciate it My wife told me, she's like, gotta take a cold shower. But I love hot showers. I think this is the reason. Anyways, um, you have to be... Uh, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children. So if we look, look at little children, they, they rely on their parents. We have to rely on Jesus Christ. We have to rely on the Word of God. We have to submit our, ourselves to Him, to, to the Word, to Jesus, to God, and fully live for Him. And I'm not saying that there won't be trials. I'm not saying that there won't be any sin anymore. It's your attitude towards that sin. When the devil comes and he attacks you, and he will, even after you are born again, he will, there will be sin, but it's your attitude that is, that is most important. How do you react to it? How do you uh, face it? How do you, ch it challenges you. How do you stand in front of the sin? That's most important. That is, those are the clues that tell you whether if you are born again and if you really have Him. When the Holy Spirit within you says, this is not me. I do not belong here. I belong to a different people. I belong to a different crowd. I belong to a different nation. My, my, this is not me. So many times I've had it in my life where I remember I was a... Uh, um, a groomsman. This was already after I was married. I did it twice. 
And I know our, our church, he was a good friend of mine. He was really, we were back in high school. He didn't get married till he was 30. And we were really close. And he asked me to be part of his wedding. And I agreed to it. Just, you know, he's a good guy. Why not? And there was a, he invited me to, um, it was to a bachelor party. It was, it was just, we went to Bellevue, nice restaurant, just the guys. There's about six or seven of us. We sat down, had good dinner. We talked. It was really good. And then he goes, hey, Alexi, we're, after this, we're going to go bowling. It's right across the street, but it's a 21 and over. I'm like, 21 and over? What does that mean? Like, wait a minute. What's going on over there? He's like, ah, don't worry about it. There's nothing, um, no, you know, nothing bad. It's just some people drinking and, and having a good time. I'm like, okay, I trust you, man. So I come in. There's like this bouncer guy. He takes my ID. And I'm like, man, this is weird. Like, I I'm glad that I'm already old because if I was younger, my mom find out, man, this is not good. Anyways, I walk into this, um, to this bowling alley. Yeah, and it wasn't that bad. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't like a strip club or anything or people going crazy. It's just a bowling alley. It was interesting that it was 21 and over. So I'm trying to have a good time with my friends. I come up to the, uh, the counter where they give out the shoes. And I always, whenever I go bowling, I always ask for the biggest size shoe that they have. Because it, it's interesting. Because if you do that, then your friends are like, they look at your feet like, dude, what, what's wrong with your feet, you know? So I'm like, do you guys have like an 18? And all my friends, they look at my feet. You know, that, that moment is priceless. Anyways, they didn't have size 18. They had a 17. So I put on these shoes. They're bowling shoes. Who cares, right? A couple of minutes. Have, some good, have a good time. So I put on these shoes, and we, we start bowling. And I sit down, and I'm the only, like, I, the guy that's getting married, he's my good friend. But he has to kind of entertain all the other guys. So he kind of, you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm not interacting with him. The other guys, I don't know. And I'm at the restaurant. They were drinking alcohol and like saying bad things. And I was just, I'm there to support the guy that's getting married. Because we were very, very good friends in high school. So I'm sitting the, there in this bowling alley. And I'm watching the people walking by. And they have like this fake smiles. And they're kind of like laughing, but I know it's not real. You guys are just like all drunk, you know? So in this, I sat there for literally a couple of minutes, and this thought comes to my head, Alexi, this is not you, man. You don't belong here. You, you, need, to, you need to leave. This is, you don't belong in this world. You have, you have a family at home. You, you need to go home. So I just stand up. I'm like, Vitaly, I'm sorry, man. I, I got to go. And I just left. And, it, and when I left that bowling alley and I got in my car, I started, started crying because I was so grateful to God that I have something real. I have a people that are real, that are in the church where we can pray together, where I have your presence in my life. You filled me with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit guides me in life. Uh, I just want to encourage you to, to listen to that voice, to make the right decisions. I know it's difficult, and there, there are going to be times when, when you fall, and, and it's not going to work out. But it's the attitude, it's the way you... you um, 
Even if the devil wins and you do fall, get over it. Like, get over it. You stand up and you say, no, I belong to the kingdom of God. This is not me. And you start diving in into the word of God. You start going to places where there, there is like-minded people. You start finding friends. Even if you cannot find any friends, you, you be around your family. You, you go to youth services. You find people that you can be in unity because you are like-minded. It is so important to have people like that around you in your life so you can support each other. It's, it's your attitude towards the sin. And I like this analogy. I remember one time we were at Moses Lake camping and it was, the water was still kind of cold and I had this, uh, this brother-in-law. He likes to torture the kids all the time, you know? And we were on a dock, I don't know what we were doing, but starts pushing them in, you know? Starts pushing them in and the kids, they fall into the water and, and some of them are trying to fight back and they don't want to go in, but he's a big guy like me, he just like, just drops them in, you know? And they're crawling their way out of the water. You know, they want to get out because they just got wet and it's cold and a shiver. But then the other approach is, you dive right in because you want to go for a swim. So when sin comes into your life, what is your attitude towards it? How do you react? Do you, do you get pushed in and stumbled and, and you want to get out of it? Or do you dive in and swimming around, enjoying yourself? What is your attitude today towards sin? And that is going to be a good indication of whether you are born again or not. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you to dive into the Word. For me, what has really helped in the last two, three years is to, to preach the Word. To preach the Word to people around me. Not at church, because I don't have a... a, a there's a lot of preachers, and it's, it's much easier... Well, it's not easier, but just to, just to preach the Word. And when you talk the Word... Uh, like if you're at work, tell everybody that you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus Christ and that he's your savior. Oh, that's so hard. That's hard to do. And I know, I, I remember my first time when I, I really wanted to do this. I wanted to talk about Jesus because he's burning inside of me. And I remember, uh, I think I've said this, somebody, some of you might have heard this. I was at work and there was this man, he was going to go travel the world for three years by himself because he was in the army. And I wanted to, like, I'm, something is telling inside of me, you got to, like, pray for this guy. You got to tell him that Jesus loves him because he, he could be going to Afghanistan or somewhere, you know, he could die. And you have something that you can share with him to give life to him. And it was so hard. I said, hey, I, I forget his name, but hey, it, it took so much courage for me to say, hey, God bless you. And I was shaking. And he goes, he's, he kind of like, oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. And after that, I was shaking. I was so hard, man. How come I can't say it? It's really difficult. And I know that the Bible says if you, uh, it talks about how if you don't, if, 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 
if you don't talk about me before the people, then Jesus won't talk about you before God. My own words. Um, but practice it. Start asking people, what do you think happens after we die? Like, that's a good question. You guys know what's his name on the YouTube. Uh, Ray Comfort. His, his thing. He goes, what happens after we die? That's a good question. It's okay. I asked that actually my, my neighbor the other day. You know, the guy's in a wheelchair. I got to talk to him about Jesus. We had a great conversation. He doesn't want to talk to me anymore because he's a liberal atheist. But I'm still going to pursue him, you know. Um, and that's what drives me every day. Uh, just to be in the Word. Have a, have a passion for Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's not religion. It's relationship. It's, it's having a relationship with, with Him every single day. And if you go to work and you tell everybody that you're a Christian, they're going to expect something from you. They're going to expect the right fruits coming out of you. And that's good. Put some pressure on yourself. And it'll, it'll put you into the right places. That's where um, it, it'll, make you, it'll make you good. I want to read, before we close, I want to read 1 Peter. And there's many places in the Bible where it talks about being born again. The other place is 1 Peter chapter... First Peter, the first epistle of Peter, chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this word begotten in other translation it says born again, right? We, he has begotten us to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and, that, that, and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And then... Another place I would like to read the same chapter, verse uh, 22. Since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. So the flesh is as grass. It's going to go away. It is very important to be born. It is very important to be born again. Because the spirit that lives with you, your soul, it is going to live on eternity with Jesus Christ. And here it says in chat in verse 7, I, I really I just want to I just want to uh, share this with you tonight. Verse 7, 
that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This word, genuineness of your faith. It says, genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Wait a minute, gold perishes? Who, who has ever thought, like, I, I always thought that gold doesn't perish. That's why it's so valuable, right? But here it says, the genuineness of your faith. And only, no, only you know what your faith is like. And we talked about this yesterday with my son and my kids about the genuineness. What is genuine? As I was talking, we were reading this chapter, he was falling asleep. Because the Word of God uh, tends to do that to people. It puts people to sleep. I, I like to put my kids, I start reading the Bible, they all fall asleep and then we pray and they go to, and they go to bed. But anyways, I said, Mark, genuineness, what, what does that mean? What is genuine? I said, okay, if we have a car that is super old and it, it consists, it's all genuine, it, it, there's value there, right? If you start slapping on Chinese parts on there from Certifit and some Bondo, there's no value there. It's not, even though it would look good and it's shiny and good paint job, but if a professional starts inspecting it, it there's no value there. Something genuine, if it's old and it's, it, it withstood the time, right? It's, it's been kept and it, it didn't fall apart. And here we are a hundred years later, hundred years later, we have this car and it's all intact. You guys heard of the bar, barn finds, right? Where they find cars that they still have the, the, the mountains of ants. They don't even take that out because it's all original. It's genuine. It, there's so much value in genuine things. And when God looks at your faith and he sees, he opened himself up to you. What is your faith like tonight? What is your faith like today? Is it genuine? Or are, he, you, or are you just pleasing somebody? Pleasing your parents, your friends, your, your church? You just want to... Uh, it's not genuine. But when your faith is genuine, that is more precious than gold. Because gold perishes but the genuineness of your faith. Not your faith, but the genuineness. How real it is. In God's eyes, it is so precious. He wants to see true faith. He wants you to have a true relationship deep down inside you. When you're by yourself, in your room, in your car, wherever you are, at work. He wants that genuineness. He wants it to be real. And He will give you the strength to withstand the time to make that faith so rich within you. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about a new birth. And if you have been born again, or if you're not sure, or you've, you don't even know how to do it, today you can do it. You can accept Jesus. It says, we read, those who believe in Him, right? 
who believe in the Son, they have eternal life. Believe in Him. Turn away from your sins. Repent and come to Christ. If you, if you are born again, but you stumble so much, what, what is your faith like today? Renew yourself. I would ask that we would uh, stand up and I'd like to pray. Pray today for you, for me, that God would give us the strength of, uh, that He would fill you with the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit would give you strength to move on in these days. And one more thing before we go into prayer. We had a prayer about, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. I was invited to a prayer. There's only five or six guys. And I, I feel like I need to share this tonight. When we were praying on the first prayer, I felt the energy come through me. And there were these words. There, there's going to be revival here. But have your focus on me. And it was interesting that these words were in English, in the English language. It, it, usually I've had these uh, moments in my life before and it was in Russian, I remember clearly. And I, I feel like it's for you today. There's going to be revival here. God is doing something with the church. And I want to share this with the youth. Have your focus on Jesus Christ. Do not worry about this world. Do not worry about the uh, COVID-19 or all the news or all the trash. Have your focus on Jesus Christ. What I'm worried about is I don't want to miss this revival. I want to I be a part of it. I want to be a part of something great that Jesus is going to do in my life, in your life. And as we go into prayer, just focus on Him. Not only tonight, if, if you feel there's a fire stirring in your heart, don't let it burn out. Tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and you're going to feel like, oh, i got to get back, back to it, the, the, the routine. If you, if you feel like there's a fire burning in your heart, God wants you to keep that fire going tomorrow morning and throughout the day. Let's pray, brothers and sisters.